All right, everybody, we're back. Got Kevin here today. Kevin Bowles, how are you, sir? Dude, I'm doing great, man. So you may have heard my voice to the to the, the listeners of this this uh, here podcast. This is the Making Much of Jesus podcast here at Redeemer Church. I'm Adam Stachowiak, and Kevin's here. Kevin, you're an elder. You're a worship leader. What other than that? How best do you describe yourself for Redeemer? Oh boy, uh, yeah. Elder worship leader. My uh, my my other title is the executive pastor, okay. which really means nothing. Just means you're the um, the top <laughs> of a very small triangle. Uh, it, it really it really <laughs> means uh, in a lot of ways. I, I I become a I'm kind of an administrative leader. Um, help to lead our staff, so lead lead staff meetings and staff uh, staff progress and development. And, um, and then do a lot, you know, with the elders as well. Right. So, well, I can say that uh, I've seen, you know, I've been at Redeemer for with my wife Heather, um, just about two years now. I think maybe a little bit more than two years. Man, that's wild. And um, I can see all the ways that you that you coordinate and do things beyond just leading worship. So, the executive part of your pastoralship is recognizable to me. Well, there you yeah, go. All I right. see what you do. Great man, and, uh, yeah. It's it's a it is a funny title though. Yeah, it's one of those that I think sometimes doesn't have a whole lot of meaning. We talk often about evaluating titles, but it seems pretty low on the priority list. So, um, let's go into a couple questions that I think would help um, those who may not know who you are, and those who sort of come into this podcast. Maybe they go to Redeemer. Maybe they've come out a few times. Maybe they're a member. I'm not even sure who's who's uh, listening to this, but whomever they might be. They might see you up leading worship and praying for everyone prior to service beginning and, and the classes we have, helping lead those classes and all the things you just mentioned there. Uh, let's talk about who you are. Let's get to the root of, of Kevin Bowles. Who are you? Who am I? Well, um, I am a uh, my husband. I've been married now uh, since 2001. So what is that? That's That makes it 14 years. 13, 14 years. Sorry. I, I just do the math every time. So we need to make a phone um, yeah, call but, to Amy and see if she she's got a correct number there. Yeah, she she uh, she will. Uh, I'll make sure she listens to the proper uh, number. Uh, yeah, she. Uh, yeah, we've been married for 14 years. We have four kiddos. Um, so God's been very gracious in all that, and so our life is busy and two boys and two girls. So I'm I'm uh, starting little league practice next nice. week with the boys, and so. We stay uh, we stay pretty busy in that regard. So playing baseball, playing whatever, uh, being mauled by my children as they tackle me and try to get me to tickle them. So, so it keep, keeps uh, you young, so yeah, though, right? What's it that? keeps you young. It does keep me young. It keeps me bruised and young. So now it's there. So they're a lot of fun. Uh, that's a, that's a big part of my life. Um, uh, but but yeah, I I uh, I grew up as a uh, a kid who. Had parents who loved Jesus, which was a blessing, um, and they they taught me to love Jesus as well. Uh, so my conversion story was no no um, uh, uh, real you know down and out to uh, to grace, but but rather it was just a slow realization of my of my sin as a young child. Yes, I saw it. But I, don't, I think it was kind of. I heard a I had a friend that one time told me that every time he considers his own salvation. He always just feels like, man, I just really am beginning to understand the gospel. And so, even as a you know someone who was saved um, as a child, 
I, I still feel like there's this just constant realization of, man, I really do. I really now just am seeing how depraved um, I can be, um, but how gracious God has been and, and how, how amazing the cross is. So I think that's kind of the, the, that regardless of where you begin the Christian journey, I think that's the, the ongoing, the ongoing walk with Jesus is just this constant understanding, re-understanding and, and, and new, fresh understanding of how great the cross is and how, how big uh, it is that God's grace would reach to extend to somebody, you know, like yourself. So like me. So, uh, so that, yeah, that's, that's, that's been my, uh, that's a little bit about me. So that's when you got saved. So let's put some time frames here since that would probably help paint a picture for people. You're how old? I am 36. 36. Okay. So you're, I'm going to really be 30. Uh, 30 what? Crap. I forget how old I am. Um, <laughs> I think, I think I'm going to be 35 next month in March. Okay. If not, nice. my wife's laughing because maybe I'm going to be 36. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated in 97. I think it's 35. I'm going to be 35. If I'm going to be 36, I'm going to be sad. But that's just one more year. Now I'm your age. My wife, my wife turns 35 this year. She probably doesn't want anyone knowing that, but she doesn't care. Uh, but yeah, so we're, yeah, ch- children of the 80s and 90s. Okay. And so you got saved when? So you're 36 now. You got saved at what time? Yeah, I was six years old. Okay. Uh, so six years old, uh, I knew that I was sinful and I knew that I needed to be saved. Um, I knew that Jesus was the only way. So I s- saved as a young child. But I think in, in really as far as like time frame as, as things developed in high school, began to kind of put legs on that. What does it look like for me to walk uh, in, you know, a, in school where I'm around non-believers and where I'm engaging the world? What does it look like for me to lead others? And I, so I grew a lot in those time, in that time, really was poured into by some uh, some guys, uh, youth youth leaders, and, and different guys who really poured into me and discipled me, and um, and then in college um, as well uh, was very involved in student in in, in campus ministries. I went to LSU, um, so go Tigers! Nice, um, and uh, a lot of Tiger blood up in uh, Redeemer. Right, there, there is man. We, we've we've managed to wrangle in quite a few Tigers at, at the church, but uh, so yeah, that was a, that was a pretty uh, unique time for me, uh, just in my own growth. And having to, we seem to be having some technical difficulties. So there he is. All right, there you are. Yeah, man. Sorry about that. That's okay. That was, um, that was in, really bizarre. In the audio, I'll just tell everybody we lost you for a second, but you're back. <laughs> that was. You awesome. were talking about uh, LSU, and I think sort of talking about where you came from. Yeah, yeah. So that that time that time at LSU was a really just a really crucial time for me. Um, just to really begin to put, put my faith really, really become, you know, to say as a young man, as a, um, as I got married right after college. So as a young man, as a husband, um, what does it look like for me to actually live out, uh, this faith that I've said is my own 21, 22. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Early twenties. And, um, and then, and that was, that was about the time it was, it was probably about halfway through college that I, that I began to really say, you know, what, I, I really believe that God's leading me. Um, to serve in the local church, to pastor and lead people, um, to use music p- potentially, I, I I wasn't really sure. Um, I, I didn't I didn't know what kind of all, all that even looked like heading down the road, but I knew that there was um, that I felt God leading me toward that. Um, so so it was it was it was in that time while I was in in school 
I started leading worship at a little a little uh, Baptist church that out in the country north of Baton Rouge, um, and it was a church, probably about a church the size of Redeemer. Um, but I actually uh, it was like a I mean it was a sweet church, bunch of really great people. Um, but uh, we had we had a choir. Um, I wore nice. a, I wore a coat and tie on Sundays and led the choir and I didn't didn't really bust out the uh, guitar very often. Um, I was any dance moves? No, 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 no dance moves. Um, there was I, I, I distinctly remember uh, there being a time where we brought like a djembe or something out on the stage, and I remember getting a lot of evil looks for some of the older ladies at the church. Um, that we would bring a drum up on the stage, so it was not it was not the most progressive in the in the in the realm of uh, style. Little funny thing here to to bring back my age, uh, just because while Kevin's been talking, I've had a chance to bust out the calculator and do some math because uh, my memory does not work. Uh, I'm going to be 36 next month. Perfect, so. man. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> I'm already 35. I thought I was going to be 35, and I'm not sad, as I said I might have been knowing I was going to be 36, but that is kind of funny that I could not remember my age. I, I, That's I, a shame. I, every time my birthday rolls around, I, I, I forget, and I have to I, – I, I start thinking of how old I'll be, and I assume that I'm already that old, and then when my birthday right. gets there, I'm like, oh, I already thought I was that age. Great. Right. Just, That's me. Too. I was like I – I guess I wanted to be younger. Right. I thought I was 34, and I, there's no way I'm 34 because right. that does feel – a couple years ago, yeah. now that I think about it. So you must have been born in 79. I was born at the end of 78, November 78. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I was first part of 79 here. Yeah. Child of the 70s. Child of the 70s. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, since we're talking about the history then, let's let's go back a little bit. Um, I think one thing I want to talk about specifically is just sort of how, um, I'm not sure I ever talked with Jeff on this uh, podcast about this, but I know a while back I think pretty much when I, when Heather and I first started coming to Redeemer, you and I got some lunch at the good old war of Chipotle versus Freebirds, and we had oh, yeah. lunch at Freebirds at my suggestion. So I think that was against your better judgment. Hey, I, I love I, I'm I'm a Freebirds fan as well. It's okay. hard it's hard to choose really. I know there's a couple uh, a small group of people in the church that are like Chipotle versus Freebirds, and depending upon which you choose depends upon if you're. <laughs> I used to you know, be a which, staunch, which side of the line I used to be on. a staunch Freebirds guy. Okay, and over time, I've, Chipotle's grown on me, but I, you know, refried beans should be at a Mexican food place. So, and Chipotle doesn't have that. They don't so, have it. Yeah, but besides, See, that, I can't good. even tell what's on their menu because I just don't go there. <laughs> you know, I'm all the, all about the hippie free bird. You know, it's it's good stuff there. I like the the food. And it's close. It's, it's good. Close. It's but good. that's not making much Jesus. So let's that's <laughs> exactly. that's where we met. We had lunch one day. Exactly. Um, and you told me a bit about how. You and Jeff met. You had a fun story, and I think you and Jeff shared the story several times um, throughout people getting to know you and Jeff on how you guys met and how your first interaction with Jeff. So take us back to that time where, um, you know, the beginning of the relationship and then sort of the beginnings of Redeemer. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I had I had to get to that point. So I, I, I had determined um, that I did feel like God was leading me into ministry and to maybe even lead worship. And so I said, you know what? I don't want to be like worship guys who that I've had in the past who, you know, they don't know how to preach. They don't know how to really lead people in the scriptures. Um, so I, I want to go to seminary and I want to learn. So I moved back to the Houston area um, and and began uh, going to seminary and, and being trained. And, uh, and during that time, I had the opportunity to start leading this college ministry. 
so this we, we would and we would have uh, we we would do a lot of ministry on the on the Lone Star College Tomball campus, um, and uh, God God really gave us a lot of open doors and a lot of non-believing students and just a lot of a lot of really great times. Uh, but we we began to do these open mic nights um, on uh, on uh, I guess it was Monday nights. Um, at Main Street Crossing, I don't know if you've ever been there on uh, on Main Street. It's kind of a music venue, and yeah. Um, so we would have these um, every Monday night. We would have uh, either bring a band in or we did do an open mic. Well, and I I had, I had started. I was I, during college. I'd really gotten into Shane and Shane, and so over the years, uh, uh, they had they were kind of like a cult. They had a cult following kind of back in the day, and so they had this message board where people would just get on and talk about like their their you know guitars guitar playing chords whatever. And so I met this guy called J Man, and J Man was was for all I knew was a guitarist. I didn't I didn't know who he was. Anyway, I I posted. I said, "Hey, we're doing an open mic in the Houston area. I know some of you guys live in the Houston area. Um, you know, come on out, come play music. It's a great place to come. You know, meet. We got a lot of college students that show up, and a lot of a lot of lost college students. Great chance to mingle with people." Uh, and play music, share the gospel, whatever, you know? So we, we, uh, so, so J man's like, I'll be there. And so that was, so J man showed up and that was Jeff Metters and, <laughs> and, and Jeff shows up. And so, so we tell people a lot of times we met, we met online. We met. On oh, a, we, it's hilarious. We met. In a, I, I didn't know that part of it. I don't think when we talked before yeah. I got that part. Yeah. So knowing that's J man. Yeah, totally. I, met anonymously. I don't remember what my, uh, my name was my, whatever. K man. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so he showed up and, 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 uh, and that's kind of a hidden talent of Jeff's that I think, I don't know how much he's actually playing his guitar these days, but, uh, he's, he actually had some skills back in the day on the guitar. Um, there's a pretty like sweet, like rhythm, acoustic kind of cool stuff he would do. But anyway, he came and played and, uh, and, and even began to share the gospel, some from the stage during it while he played. And, uh, so we got that, that was the first moment we met. And then he, from then, we really started to connect. He and I got lunch together, and um, he began to come to the college ministry, be part of it. And, um, and then over the years, uh, as 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 God opened the door for me to begin leading worship full time at the church that I had been at, um, you know, I said, "Hey, I've got this young guy who I think could totally lead these college students and um, and and take it from here." And so he, they said, "Great." And so Jeff Jeff came, you know, came right in and began to teach and. Um, it was really clear even then God's, you know, God had gifted him to, to yeah. teach the scriptures. And, um, so, uh, it was, so what age was this then? What year? This would have been 2004. Okay. So you got married 2001 and three years later you meet Jeff, J-Man, yeah, that J-Man, <laughs> J-Man and start leading college students and leading worship with him. And, and so you start collecting your ministering talents together yeah we, yeah we, we started doing a lot together and it was about and and throughout throughout that process we got to um we got to introduce him to to natalie his wife um and so she was a friend of ours from uh from lsu who had moved here and so she was coming to church with us and and uh, best day of jeff's life yeah yeah we yeah I, I i i really take credit for a lot of uh for a lot of jeff's happiness um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, God, God's God. It's really neat to, to look back and see how God orchestrated all those things that um, He would bring us all together and and to do. It's so amazing to see that. Really, it, it is. It is very. It is very humbling and to you know to think of all the little things that God has done. Uh, For those of you who don't know Kevin perfectly well, let me just say that I know him well enough that he's totally 
joking around that he doesn't actually take credit. Yeah, for I take it. no credit for any of those <laughs> things. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's it's just amazing to see how God has worked and moved and all these different moving parts that he's he's brought us together. That, that this would um, that he would he would. Um, it's it's humbling to see how he would plant um, a, a, a new church and do all those things. Um, but yeah, it was it was about 2006, I think, when <clears throat> excuse me when when he started uh, when when he began leading the college ministry and I was leading worship. Um, and then it was towards the end of 2007 um, that that Redeemer kind of fell into our uh, lives, and that was that was a that's a whole, you mean you mean to get into that. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. So the word you use there is is got to take us into it. Is use the word "fell into your lives." Can you describe what you mean by that? And then, what were some of the early parts of Redeemer? Like, who was a part of it? Um, and and what was the size of the church? You know, what were, how did that early beginnings start taking place? Yeah, we we had been a part of um, of a, a church, and that's where this college ministry had been a part of as well. Um, that was in the area, and the 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 church was was strangely enough. God had brought all these people, or t- a, a number of us. Uh, Dixon Jowers, who used to be here at Redeemer as well, mm-hmm. um, was on staff there with us as well. And um, and we, uh, God had just uh, brought all these people together who really didn't fit the church that we were at in in some regards. Um, and it was a it was it was it it wasn't really a gospel centered. Uh, church that was really focused on, on, on preaching the gospel. And so that was kind of burning in all of us at at the same time to kind of say, to really be pushing our church, that church towards, towards that. And then when, then right at the end, uh, there was a lot of things that had been just leadership wise. I don't need to get into all that, but really the church just fell apart. Um, a lot of things went on at the church the, and within the leader, some of the leaders and, and some, some stuff that happened behind the scenes um, where the, you know, there was things that were lied about and um, financial things. And uh, really the church just disintegrated um, kind of underneath all of our feet. And, and we just felt the need to resign from all of it. And so all of us resigned from our jobs all at once. And, and, you know, all, all in that moment, we felt, God, what, what are you, what are you doing? Like, are you leading us all to just put our resumes out and go get different jobs in other cities and other places? And, or do you really, would you really have us serve and shepherd and lead together to do another work? And, um, and we, we began to pray about that. And, and so we, we, we prayed as a, as a group. So, uh, the Metters and, uh, our family and the, the Jowers family and some others, um, who some, 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 uh, I'm trying to think who's, who's still, there's, I mean, many of them are still around. Some have moved because of jobs and different things. But we uh, we began to do that, and and when we when we when we began to share with others that we were getting together to pray, and we did that on a Sunday morning. Um, we had I think the first week like forty something people showed up. We were at Brandon and Andrew Eads uh, gym uh, that they used to own over on on Kirkendall, and uh, we met there. And I think the second week we had around eighty people or so, and hmm. all of a sudden we realized. Uh, kind of from the from the ashes of this former church that existed, there were there were a, there was a collection of people that really desired to uh, to begin a new work with us and 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 to see it really be about Jesus. Um, and we all had that real strong desire to see this uh, something that really would proclaim the name of Jesus in Tomball. Um, and so we started that then together, and it was a it was a really crazy way to start a new church. Um, I wouldn't recommend it, um, but God was very gracious in it, and through our 
through our mistakes and through our lack of understanding of all that we were doing, um, he, he was very gracious to, um, to bring us to the point that we are today. And, and, uh, you know, for the first two and a half years, I believe we went, uh, without a lead pastor of any sort. We, it was a team approach to teaching. Everybody kind of took turns teaching and, um, so I, I, I preached a lot. Jeff preached a lot. Dixon preached a lot. We had several, two or three other guys that preached uh, pretty regularly that were just lay guys within the church. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was crazy. Um, but it was, uh, but we really, as we went, we, we, we knew we saw it. We needed elders. Uh, we needed clear leaders. Um, we really needed a lead, a lead guy, particularly in the role of teaching and, and preaching. And um, so so that I, I I was God was really able to uh, to use that time I think to grow all of us um, and to really help us see what is it what does the church need to look like to really function the way that God has designed it to function in the way that um, that we see in the scriptures and so it it led us to to where we are now. Gotcha. So to not so much to go into the details but to clarify, um, you said y'all resigned from your positions in the former church. Correct. Was um, was it? It wasn't something that you and Jeff and Dixon were involved in. It was no. something outside yeah. of that. Tell you, yeah, it was to- totally outside of us. It was. It was brought to our attention that this, the kind of a financial thing had happened and been lied to uh, to the church. That the church had been being lied to for a series of a series of um, months, almost a year, and um, so we. We begin like to, you can't be a part of this anymore. So you had to stop. Yeah, down. we begin to press into okay. it and really try to um, hey ask questions. What happened here? And there was just a lot of really unfortunate things that happened. And we just said, you know what? We need to remove ourselves from this. It, it, there was there was no repentance and no no real desire to walk in the light in any of it. And so we just said, you know what? We can't be a part of it. Yeah, to me that's um, that's a reminder of God's grace of making good from the broken. Yeah, because Redeemer is you know. It's so awesome, you know, for our family and for so many families. I recall being at the Thanksgiving service and just hearing so many testimonies and uh, tears shared and deep love shared and how, you know, when Gia was, uh, Pastor Gia was here recently, you know, he said several times, I feel like I'm at home. I feel like I'm here with my family. And uh, it's so nice to see how. You know, God's timing is never our timing, right? Oh, like, yeah. Praise the Lord. You guys weren't asking for that. No way. It was probably the hardest position you've been in with resigning and stepping away yeah. in the unknown. And We were, you know. My wife was actually, <clears throat> at that point, she was, I think she was eight months pregnant with our uh, second son. And, wow. uh, and she, at this point, she had just, you know, she had she'd been a teacher and she had just stopped teaching that semester to stay home full time. And, uh, <laughs> And so it was for us, it was really like, it was really scary because it was a, it was really a stepping out uh, on faith and just go, you know what, Lord, you're going to provide for us. Um, and I don't know where the next, you know, paycheck's going to come from. <laughs> I don't know where, you know, the you know, food's going to come from and those things. But God was very gracious. And through a lot of people that are still at Redeemer and some others that were, that knew us, people, people were very gracious to us and helped during that time. And the church was Man, God really used that in our lives. And then to see now, you know, as you mentioned on, on Thanksgiving, to see things like that where people stand up and talk about how they how God how they've seen God use one another now in this new in this new church family. It's not new anymore, seven seven years old. This in this church family that God's knitted together, that there is that sort of uh, mutual care for each other. It really is a it's really a, a it, it's really a moving thing to consider how God's brought it all together. 
Well, let's um, let's fast forward a little bit now that we kind of got an idea of sort of uh, J-Man and your relationship there and how that's all worked out and the, the ashes from a former church into what Redeemer is now. Let's talk a little bit about um, something. I'm not sure if Jeff and I talked about this on this show or not, but he and I have some conversations uh, either before the call or after the call, and I'm never really sure if it's in the audio or not. But I remember talking about how he said that you two, uh, you, and Jeff, you and Jeff, don't really coordinate, a.k.a. produce the church service right. on Sundays, that it's sort of this, um, you know, it's not so much like winging it, but it's it's just that you, you have this rhythm together where you've worked together for a while and you sort of get it. You know the sermon, you know the message, and you help um, put, you know, you put together the music program and it ties into the message. And can you talk a little bit about the production or lack thereof of, of a Sunday church service? Yeah, totally. Um, one of the, one of the, the, to give just a little bit of background, one of the things that I really struggled with when I began leading worship, um, was the church that I was at, um, as I think I mentioned, the church that we were at was not, was not, Jesus wasn't the main theme of, of what was being taught and preached. It was a lot of felt needs and, um, kind of, you know, tips for better living and, um, and so I felt like when I lead, led worship, I had a really, really hard time getting people to engage God um, and really respond to the gospel and respond to who Jesus was, because in the sermon, uh, that's not really what they were hearing about. Um, and so I, I always felt like as a early as a worship leader, I was always trying to bring scriptures in and, and, and you know talk a little bit so that we so that we knew what we were responding to, uh, so that we knew what we were singing about. Um, and we weren't just singing songs and getting swept up in emotion because songs are great. Cause songs, songs are emotional, um, and, and can inspire and those things. But if there's no content to them, um, then it's very empty. And, and so fast forward and start Redeemer as, as, um, I, I realized very quickly um, and and we see it in Jeff's preaching um, that the content of the sermon is Jesus. The theme of of the preaching, the theme of what we're talking about, is is God. It's His attributes, His perfect His perfect nature, um, the gospel, uh, His His work for us, who who He is, and what He's done. And so those themes are so on display each week. It doesn't matter what the passage is. It doesn't matter what the um, what the topic is. Um, it's all coming back to. Jesus, his death, his burial, resurrection, uh, his his ruling reign over our lives. And so that to me is the most, it, it makes leading worship so much easier because I have a room full of people that we're leading to consider consider Jesus every week. And that's all they're hearing about. They're hearing about Jesus and what it means for their lives. And it's so much easier to get people to respond in worship so that it doesn't really take a, a you know, a two-hour-long production meeting for for me to know that when we sing, we need to be responding to Jesus. We need to be responding to, to who He is and His His wonderful perfection. We need to be responding to um, what He's done for us in the gospel. And so, I I can have confidence every time when I'm cons- sitting down and looking at the text um, that Jeff's going to be going through when we because we'll have conversations about it. Um, more offline in a, in a more informal way, um, but I can have confidence that I know where this is going. This is going right. to Jesus, and so any any singing that we're going to do, granted, there is some 
there are particular songs or particular themes that that will be more helpful in in having us respond to to a particular attribute or partic- particular uh, theme about about what Jesus has done for us. But for the most part, I'm always going to be safe, leading us back to the cross, leading us back to the gospel, because ultimately that's the ground of everything that's being taught, regardless of what the the theme or topic is. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I um. I personally love the way that our services um, work. I I think that you know your prayer opening it up. Um, you know, I think what we do like three or four songs prior to the sermon. Yeah, usually. Okay, and then we have roughly a forty to forty-five minute sermon. Um, then we <sighs> Eucharist. Then we do. Um, um, I'm totally gapping what it's called right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. We'll we'll end up after the sermon doing communion together. Communion. Yes, thank you and, for helping me on that. And one. then, hey, Eucharist works. Um, we'll do communion together, and then uh, that's the word that came to mind, though, not communion. So I don't know why I got the hard hard word. And that, yeah, that's all right. That was very very cerebral. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, but it's uh, uh, communion together, and and we're singing uh, and celebrating in, in all of that. Um, and then usually uh, they usually sing again as as we leave, and that's. Um, there's no like special formula to that, and we've even talked about changing some of those things from time to time. But what I, what I do love though is that is that the emphasis, even when we talk about our services and go, you know, how could we make this a little bit better? It's never an emphasis on, you know, how can we make this more slick, um, lightning bolts. And, yeah, how can you know, how can we make this more um, packaged? Or yeah, how can we bring out emotion in people? How can we? I mean, it, th- that doesn't mean that we should shun like the use of lights to make things look nice or, you know, uh, a, a, you know, good, making things sound nice or look nice or anything like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Ex- excellence is still, is still a value, um, in those things, but to use those, not to use those things as a means of, of manipulating people's emotions or feelings. Um, but rather just as a means to not distract from the gospel. Um, let's not let our, our, let's not let sloppiness or, um, you know what? What was Paul's words uh, recently in First Corinthians? Uh, lofty speech and wisdom. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna resolve to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Um, and and yeah, I, I don't. I don't. We don't want the 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 production quality um, to be the thing that people are moved by. Um, and you know, Jeff 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 will even make that comment from time to time. We don't want to be known as a church with great music. Um, that doesn't mean that we don't want to be excellent in, in those done, things. Well done music. Yeah, but we but we don't want like I, it, it'd be a bad thing. I, and I think that often it would be a terrible thing if every week when people left, they were like, "Man, that was a great song." <laughs> you know, because what are what are we yeah. doing? You know, we're we are we're considering and responding to the goodness of Jesus, not to good songs or good music or, you know, a, a good orator, um, speaking things. Um, no, we're, we're, we're laying, Piper talks about that as, as pastors, as preachers, as, as leaders, we're laying the buffet of God's goodness out in front of people and encouraging them to feast, um, and to consider all these, all this bounty of who he is, um, so that they, when they leave, they would walk away and go, man, I am refreshed by God's goodness not walk away going, man, that was a lot of fun. Well, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about that was, was, was as I, as I, um, have a chance to talk to you, Austin, and as this, uh, making much of Jesus podcast progresses, we'll, um, 
we'll have you know many many more episodes. I think this is episode number ten, although we're not exactly keeping count. Double digits, man. Double digits. Yeah, um, I think it's important to you know you never know who's going to be listening to this. You know, it could be someone who's considering coming to Redeemer, someone who yeah um, is being referred to this from. You know, someone that's you know ministering to them, or someone who currently comes to Redeemer and just doesn't know much about how the church production uh, actually takes place. And I think it's refreshing to see the continual refinement back to Jesus. Yeah. You know, we had our evangelism uh, class last night with Jeff, and you know, it's he says it several times, and um, you know, the message is is all about making much of Jesus, not much of us. Right. And I think it's important to sort of talk about what the church service is for for you and Jeff and the others that are taking part in making it uh making it taste take place. So the um so leading worship, you're the worship leader. Uh who else is involved? Who else is uh, has been a part of um making the music of Redeemer possible um over the last couple of years? Who would you like to I guess kind of call out and and Yeah, totally. <clears throat> I, I it's amazing. Look, I I've had a couple uh pastor buddies who are in the area um, who guys that I know and have friendships with who, who are like, man, you guys, uh, you guys have so many gifted musicians. It's ridiculous. Um, and I, which I, I just think it's just God's grace. God's been very gracious to us to, to give up for the size of the church that we are to have as many people that play different instruments, um, that we do and that are as gifted, uh, whether it be to sing or to play or whatever it is. Um, and our, our AV guys, and we have some like, professional quality like sound and media guys uh at our at our you know little church i i'm, I'm just blown away by the by the how, how god's gifted people so we've had we've got um i mean i don't know if you, you guys probably see on a weekly basis if you're at redeemer you see uh courtney pett who who might be playing the electric on a weekly basis or she might be playing the drums or she's really a drummer um is her thing but when we you know got 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 get, we had a lot of uh, great electric guitar players for a long time and slowly but surely they all moved to different towns and was like man god you keep moving these people to different places but because they're all great musicians and they're getting music mu- you know jobs to play play uh, their music um and so we just said hey courtney i know you don't play electric but what do you think about playing electric and of course she can play anything so she just learned it and uh has wow. done that so she yeah uh, she's ridiculous so from you know from her to uh, Dale Guger, who's regularly on the drums, um, who just, man, he just is such a faithful, just a steady rock of a drummer um, to, you know, our... To, it's not easy. No, you know? man. He's, he's, and he's, he's, he's great, such a great servant. Um, to to uh, Brian Nelson and Shana Guger, uh, uh, mm-hmm. who's uh, Guger, that's her maiden name, uh, <laughs> Shana Manna, um, uh, Zach Godbold, um, uh, Jason Holland, uh, my wife's up there pretty regularly. Uh, we got a lot of great singers uh, that that sing: Andrea Eads, Heather Nelson, Christina Cross, Carolyn Pett. I mean, I could go on and on. We got all these great. Uh, I'm probably forgotten people, but but there's tons of them. Um, and that's and to me, that's one of the values too is that we really want to be about using the gifts of a lot of people so that nobody's really feeling so weighed down by the task of of doing it each week. Um, so I, I love having a lot of musicians to choose from so that people can also on their off weeks come to church with their families, you know? Yeah. And not have to feel like each week is, you know, it's nice to serve yeah. obviously, but it's also nice to uh, sit and actually listen to the sermon. And yeah, it's nice when and, you don't have to actually you know, be there worship. at 7am and 
um, yeah. all those kind of things. So, yeah, it's good to have. Uh, you know, the harvest is plentiful. It's nice to have more people yeah. involved that way. It's not so such a burden on on the few. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I've always enjoyed the the music, and that's that's one thing that uh, when Heather and I first came to Redeemer, you know, we we walked away not thinking, man, what a great song, but we walked away thinking like that sermon was all about Jesus. Yeah, and uh, you know, but at the same time, we were thinking great music too. Like it, we had a really great time worshiping. You know, we praise the Lord. You know, I think that um, while we may not um, make a production about the music or whatever, that it's that it's still a time that worship the the musical worship part part of it, uh, church service is just as important um, as the sermon itself because um, you know because of what that is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the the I don't know I don't know who who originally coined this phrase, but that all all theology is for doxology, meaning all all study of God is for the worship of God. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, our, and, and not just for the singing to God and the singing about God, that not just that worship, but the worship of all of life. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do agree. I think the time in the service where we sing and 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 worship and actually extol the goodness of God, that's, yeah, that's just as crucial because, I mean, the preaching is leading us to that. It's leading us to consider and then then respond to God's God's goodness. Well, Kevin, I got to say it's been good to, to catch up with you in this regard. I know we may have gone slightly over our time, um, but getting the Baxter and J-Man and, and just all your all of your adventures together to get to eight years later here at Redeemer and so many people being served and led to Christ is such an awesome journey. I almost feel like it would be good to, to get the two of you together at some point and sort of go back and forth over even more finer details at some point. Oh but, yeah, man. We can tell you, we can tell you some stories about our times <laughs> in Thailand and uh, all sorts. Yeah. Of- that, that would be great too, to, to eventually have some conversations about uh, our missions team and what's happening there. I know we've, yeah. um, Jeff has had a conversation with, um, uh, the Hortmans. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. He talked know, with that, Greg on, on here, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I and, love that. That was awesome. So, I mean, this is a, a marathon, not a, not a, uh, a sprint race, so we're taking it one week at a time and examining the the saving grace of God in our lives and the work of Jesus Christ in our hearts. And I praise you for our uh, praises moment for you coming on and, and just sharing the backstory because I know that it's tough sometimes to to sort of just not so much get plugged in but get to know people. Yeah, you, know, you always always have an opportunity to sit down. I think this is a, a unique way to to sort of examine who people are at our church and, and what's going on there. Yeah, so. totally, man. I love this. I think it'll be a cool time to, uh, for people that get to kind of hear a little bit more than they normally would. So it's awesome. Anything else you want to cover before we close out? Dude, you're awesome, man. This is so cool. I think this is the yeah. coolest thing. Like, and I think it's great that you're God's, God's given you like this amazing gift and, uh, ability and platform and just a way to serve the church in this way. I think this is super cool. So I mean, all I do is talk. <laughs> That's that's it, you know. That's it. And hit buttons, and I hit buttons, and I talk, and that's it. So oh, that's man. it's been a lot of fun. And for those listening, I'm, you know, I'm really encouraged to to hear Kevin say something like that because you know, um, several lunches ago we we talked about what it might be like to have a a non pulpit podcast for the church to sort of get to know um, behind the scenes, sort of news, sort of updates. You know, sometimes we'll have. 
uh, questions for Jeff, like we did about ISIS. What's a biblical response to ISIS? Yeah. You know, and some of these real terror and threats in our world. And other times it's uh, you or Lawson or others coming on to to talk about how you came to ministry at Redeemer. And I think it's really great to sort of to do that. So if you've got ideas and you're listening to this and you've got ideas, email Jeff, email Kevin. Send them um, in. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Tell us how we can, you know, what other ways we can we can uh, flesh this out and do more unique and fun things yeah. and uh, and serve you well. Where would Jesus but, uh, eat? Chipotle or Freebirds? Yeah, ex- exactly. Where would, where would, yeah. <laughs> I think on that note, we should close That's out. That's awesome, cause. man. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. We'll see you. We'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. See you.